Rochambeau, the podcast about unique competitions, extraordinary events, and other amazing adventures. I'm Kim. And I'm Ted. Welcome back, everybody. This is exciting. We're so happy to have you guys here. And we have something very special and a little different for you today. What do we got going on today, Kim? Today, we have Meow Wolf and the House of Eternal Return. All right, Ted. So if you remember back when we did the sandboarding episode, you and I had both come back in town. Mm -hmm. We both, as it turned out, had experienced sandboarding in one form or another. One form or another, yes. I was in New Mexico and part of my trip included time in Santa Fe. Love Santa Fe. To knock something off of my bucket list. Okay. Which was specifically Meow Wolf's House of Eternal Return. Uh Uh-huh. At the time, I know you hadn't heard anything about it, and words failed me. It is very <laughs> difficult to describe. Yeah. And, and I, it's very difficult to baffle you. Yeah. Or steal your words. I'm not that easily baffled, and usually I can keep talking if I am, but I did find myself a little muted when trying to describe what I truly believe was one of the most awesome art installations, complexes, adventures, events I've ever ever been to. So I reached out to Chris Cloud. He is the creative marketing director for Meow Wolf and the Uh House of Eternal Return and their other projects. Yes. Chris got hooked up with Meow Wolf. He's originally from Minnesota and he got hooked up with them in 2015 through a different art project. And by 2018, he landed himself a job with them. Wow. And I don't believe he's looked back since. (laughs) And after talking with him, I realized, wow, there are other people out there that can do a much better job describing the owl wolf and this amazing house than I can. My name is Chris Cloud, and I am the marketing creative director for our awesome company. So um, I get to oversee all of our social media, all of our content we put out into the world, and just really get to be like Meow Wolf's number one brand ambassador. Let's talk about the house. I tried to describe it on our podcast after returning from Santa Fe myself and found that words just failed me. How do you describe the house to people who have never heard of Meow Wolf? Well, that's a great question. The house is unlike anything people have seen before, and you're right. It's impossible to describe or even to make words of how to experience it. It's sort of an interactive experience. If you walk into this former bowling alley and you're like, well, okay, this place, I've heard a lot of things about it. I've maybe seen some pictures. And then you enter into this lobby and it's like, okay, well, this isn't what the pictures I've seen. I don't know where the stuff is at. And you walk down this dark hallway and you see this TV screen. And on the TV screen is agent talking to you and, and saying the rules. And then all of a sudden you open the door. And then you enter in and you see a a two-story Victorian house. And you're like, what is this all about? And you start (laughs) to sort of, it feels sort of like normal in a way. But then you start to realize that this place is far from normal, you know. And I think that there's this magical moment that our participants have in which you open the front door of the house. And at that point, you kind of see like the staircase and then you see like a living room. But both of those moments, uh, there's 
an under the staircase like nook you can crawl out of and then there's a fireplace you can crawl under so i think that's like this moment where people's minds start to melt or, or bend because you start to realize that like this isn't normal this isn't a, <laughs> this is you know it's, it's unassuming but obviously there's like, these colorful and chaotic portals that take explorers to the world they've only seen in their wireless dreams it's amazing i mean when you say well this isn't normal i mean as far as any normal Victorian house that it's inside a bowling alley, <laughs> you're already in a strange exactly. environment. And then you just get this overwhelming feeling of, of more strangeness. And you mentioned the fireplace and the crawl space. We um, found a different entrance into the multiverse through the refrigerator. How many ways are there to get into the second level of the house? And can you explain a little bit about the narrative of what's supposed to be happening there? Yeah. And so we think that, you know, at a at a theme park, you're a guest. If you go to Disneyland, you're a guest. And if you go to an art museum like LACMA or the Museum of Modern Art in New York, you are a visitor. But at Meow Wolf, you're an active participant. And that's what we call people who come here is participants because you're, you're participating not only in this experience, but also this story. And so I think that for us, we want there to be agency and choice and discovery for, for all of our participants. So really, the answer to your question is that there's an unlimited amount of ways you can travel through and to around the multiverse. And so I think within the house specifically, there's about, let me count in my head, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven maybe different portals oh that's so cool to the multiverse but you know there's a simple one where you just walk right straight at the back door but you also can slide down a dryer or walk through a fridge like you did or or walk under a fireplace or check under the stairs or or end up through a bookcase or walk through a closet to a, a bedroom so i mean there's there's really sort of like all these different ways you can kind of take you out from the house and ultimately too as you walk into the space you don't have like people you don't have to go through the house i think most people do naturally because like oh it's a house i'm gonna walk through the front door but you can turn left and go down a hallway you can turn right go into a, a living aquarium and so really it's like the possibilities are endless on how you can explore and i, I love that you brought the story because there's definitely something that um is interesting about this space you start to realize that like there was a family here who lived here you see the family picture above the fireplace you start to kind of look through the coffee table and realize that this house is lived in but like where are these people why aren't they here anymore i think that's sort of the beauty about our experience is that it's a non-linear storytelling experience so you know a linear storytelling experience is a beginning middle end for us there's none of those you know, right. if, and, it's, and it's also optional. You know, I think that, you know, participants sometimes don't even touch our narrative elements. But like once you start to kind of like dive in, you realize that there's lots to unravel and there's lots of like layers of the story. And it's kind of interesting, too, because this story does start off, you know, in and around the house. But there's parts of the story all over our experience and exhibit, you know, and I think that you start to realize that like, OK, well, there's these two kids and uh, they have these parents and there's this uncle who's kind of crazy and a grandma who used to be a shapeshifter and this grandpa who was a scientist. I mean, you start to sort of, there's all these kind of clues around our experience that kind of add up. And I think that like sometimes uh, participants get sort of frustrated because I think 
in a traditional media sense, we're so we're so used to you know having an ending. When you sit down and watch a movie, you watch it, you see a beginning, you see this middle, there's a climax, and then there's the end of it. You go home. Right. But for our sort of storytelling, is that there's really no end to it. It's an open-ended world. Yeah, and there's a heck of a mystery there, and it's a beautiful narrative. And if I lived in Santa Fe, I don't know if you guys sell season passes, but I swear I would be there once a week to try to dive into the narrative more. But once you actually leave the house and enter the multiverse, that's when your participants are actually seeing all of the art that maybe they've seen occasionally on Instagram and the amazing Mm -hmm. installations. And then for us, we just got so overwhelmed with that. We kind of forgot about the narrative for a little while and just, you know, went crazy exploring. Yeah. For guests who come there or participants, what's the most common feedback that you get concerning the art in the multiverse? Uh, I think most people are, are generally just excited about it. To kind of give some background, over 135 artists worked on the entire space. And so, you know, we kind of consider there's a few anchor spaces in, in this uh, multiverse. So there's a forest, which is very collaborative. There's uh, caves, which are very collaborative. And so there's these, you know, multi-layer kind of worlds. And then there's also all these individual rooms. And I think that's the beauty of the space too, is that you'll start to kind of turn the corner and then you realize that, oh, there's a door here and that door takes you to a new space. But then from there, there's two other doors you can go to. And then from there, that takes you to another world. So it's like, yeah, just when you feel you've seen it all, you realize you have it. And I think that there's ultimately, there's like a space that I know for a fact that most people don't see even though it's kind of hiding in plain sight i can't i'm not going to say what it is but like there's definitely a space where you know when we post pictures of it on social media people are like well where is this i've never seen this before is this new and it's like no no it's been there since we opened you just (laughs) it's like it's just hiding in plain sight i think it's kind of near a moment where people are so uh, shocked and surprised by um like a a mastodon that they don't realize that there's another kind of portals somewhere near there so yeah there's so much going on and and so many choices to be made and as you mentioned it's anything but linear so as you're walking through you have options to go left to go right to go straight forward and every time my friend diane and i made a move we were like oh but are we missing a room over there well we'll just follow this path and get back to it and sometimes we couldn't find our way back it just goes on and on and on it's amazing one of the things that really surprised us was as we were exploring at one point you go through the hallway with all of the televisions on either side Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. walk into what is basically a full-fledged music venue how long has the music venue been incorporated into the house yeah since since day zero so our first musical guest was amanda palmer i think our second one was coco rosie so it's always been the intention you know back before the space opened Meow Wolf was an art collective here in Santa Fe, and we threw a lot of parties. You know, that's kind of how we are, our name around town was throwing these parties and bringing these national artists to kind of come play shows here in Santa Fe. So I think that we kind of stayed true to our roots and like thought about, well, if we're going to build this huge art exhibit, let's just put a music venue right inside of it. And so I think that's sort of a special moment because I think for me... Uh, it's it's awesome to see this art in this house come to life in two very different ways. So in the daytime, it's filled in family with kids and families and kids. And at nighttime, it turns into one of the top music venues in the country. Because I think that 
you know, our capacity is about 400 people. So it's really sort of an intimate place to see a show. So, you know, a band like Animal Collective, who is as popular as psychedelic rock band, can play rooms up to uh, maybe 1,400, 2,000. They headline music festivals, but they're playing, you know, this September um, and they're playing to a 400 capacity room. And, and so uh-huh. it, it creates this really intimate feeling and I think that it's it's a magical place. And I think that, you know, for a lot of artists who come through, they we automatically kind of top jump to their top five venues they've ever played of all time. So I bet. I so it kind of bends their minds when they come into a space too and you start to load in and you start to realize that like, oh, this isn't just like a dirty club that's been open for 50 years <laughs> or 20 years or whatever else. It's, it's an art exhibit that we're, we're playing inside of, so... Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that made me kind of emotional when I was there was just trying to get my mind to wrap around the level of collaboration that had to take place to make something like this exist. It's mind blowing and honestly seems almost impossible. Yeah, I mean, we want people to realize that it is possible that teamwork and doing it together can can make dreams come true. I don't think that if this was one person's vision and just them doing it solely, this would happen. And this, I think that like collaboration and, and collectivity is deeply rooted in Meowulf's origin and Meowulf's like lifeblood. I mean, it's just part of who we are. And we want people to realize that we're moving away from a DIY culture to a DIT culture to do it together culture. And so I think it's sort of, you know, we want people to feel inspired and walk away with this feeling that like my dreams can come real. And it's sort of your dreams both like, I never thought I could be walking through an aquarium, but oh, I actually can work on a really big art project. And really, I mean, a big thing for us too, is that like artists in capitalism sometimes get like dirty looks. It's like, well, you know, I make art, but I don't want to make money off of it. But no, artists should get paid. Absolutely. Artists artists should not be ashamed of asking for what they're worth. And so I think that like, hopefully some of our art and business aspires other artists to sort of say, you know what, I'm going to make art and I'm going to charge money for what my art is worth. Absolutely. And speaking of money, it's obvious a lot went into making the house a reality. And I know you guys have a very famous financier. Can you talk a little bit about how Meow Wolf hooked up with Mr. Martin? Mr. Martin, I I think I've heard of him before. (laughs) He does some type of show with the with dragons and stuff like that. Whatever. Some yeah, people like it. Might, it might have been one of the most watched <laughs> TV shows on on that home box office <laughs> network that people talk about. Yeah. So, you know, one cool thing about Santa Fe is, is a, a magical place. I mean, it's really, they call New Mexico land their enchantment, and there's, there's a reason why. I mean, it's just like the mountains, the fresh air, the art, the culture, the people. And so um, a longtime resident of Santa Fe was George, was George R. R. Martin, uh, who is the author of Game of Thrones and the founder of Game of Thrones. And so, you know, in 2015, 2014-2015, the collective was kind of wondering, well, who can help pay for this space? If we want to open a permanent storytelling space, who can... This person that we can ask for. And so Vince Cadillac, who is our, our CEO, had once worked in marketing with George R. R. Martin at his movie theater, uh, the John Cocteau Cinema in Santa Fe. So Vince, you know, had the guts to call up George and approach him and say, hey, we, don't know, we want you to buy a bowling alley. And famously, you know, 
George's response is like, what? Well, I, I don't like bowling. Like, <laughs> I've only bowled a full time, few times in my life. Like, why would I do that? And so Vince gives a pitch about how we want to open this immersive storytelling world that has this sci-fi related story and was really pushing all of his buttons. And mm-hmm. so George was one of, our, one of our first backers who and believers in us. And he's a longtime supporter. And, and, you know, we're excited to say now is that he's come on as our chief world builder. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we have a long history with him. We have an even longer history with him to kind of keep moving forward. So uh, we love George and we love his support and we love that he realizes that what we're doing is art and he believes in us. So um, it's, it's nice to have people who believe in you. No doubt. And so speaking of the future, you guys are moving forward at a furious pace. You're opening up new worlds, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that the thing that really feels that growth and our, you know, our trajectory is the fact that people are crazy immersive experiences like authentic immersive experiences like you know I think that we're all accustomed to having our pocket computers and our phones and being on them and feeling connected but I think that there's actually a real you know human connection when you're in our experience because you start to have this almost shared experience with the people you're in there with it's like it's hard to describe even the energy that's contained in, in that space and I think that because that energy is rare and pure there's like a desire for it to happen and all over the world you know, so we see people almost every single day on social media who say, bring it to Birmingham, Alabama, bring it to Australia, <laughs> bring it to Berlin, bring it to London, bring it to Chicago, bring it to Portland. Bring, I mean, like, the list goes on of the cities that, you know, who, who crave that. And I think that it's also been sort of like a stimulus for cities. You know, I think that, you know, we bring about a half a million people to Santa Fe each year. And so if I was a city... I would definitely want to, you know, have have a meow there. And so, you know, we're thinking strategically about when we're going to open, where we're going to open next. Um, Our next location is going to open in Las Vegas early in 2020. Um, That's going to be a 65,000 square foot experience. To give you a point of reference, the house is 18,000. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be over three times, two stories. It's going to, like, I know all the plans. It's going to be a very, 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 very insane. It's also going to be one of the biggest collections of new media artists in the world. So we are collaborating with a bunch of artists from all over the globe who will bring them together to Las Vegas to have this immersive art experience. And so after Vegas... We're opening Denver in 2021, and that's a 90,000-square-foot space. Oh, my uh, gosh. Uh, five stories tall. It's being built right now uh, by Maya Hall Stadium in, De- in Denver. And then after that, we're opening a 75,000-square-foot space in Washington, D.C., in the Fort Todd neighborhood, so in D.C. proper, which we're really happy about. And that's a really – we have a really good partner there, the Catholics Foundation – so they're great to work with. And then in 2024, we're opening uh, a location in Phoenix that will also include a 400-bedroom hotel. <gasps> what? Um, yeah. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's that's what we have announced. M- more to come. Oh, my gosh. That. Well, that is, that is plenty to look forward to. I believe in you guys with my full heart as I know thousands and thousands of people do you've created something so incredibly special I spent a little time about a month ago I guess and watched the documentary that you guys put out about the background of how you came to be and 
even if you, I don't know why, but even if someone didn't like art, it's an incredible documentary. It's just an incredible story about challenges overcome and people working together. If I honestly wasn't quite sure the best way to go about watching it. I ended up streaming it from Meow Wolf's website. What are the options mm-hmm. for people if they want to see it? Yeah, that's a good question. So to kind of give you a background, we made a documentary about our origin story called Meow Origin Story. We premiered it in 2018 at the South by Southwest Film Festival. And then we did a couple other film festivals last year. And then last November, we screened the film in 600 theaters across the country, everywhere from Maine to Alaska and everywhere in between. And then right afterwards, we put it on our website. But luckily now it's available even more places. Um, It's available on iTunes, uh, Amazon Prime Video, Roku, Voodoo, PlayStation, Xbox. So it's available wherever people can stream or, or buy movies. And then Coincidentally, it's also available on airlines now. So on Delta Airlines, uh, United Airlines, and Alaskan Airlines, too, Alaska Airlines. So very exciting. It's a wonderful, wonderful documentary, and you guys are doing amazing work. We want to champion otherness. We want to champion weirdness. We have a DIY fund in which we have DIY spaces from across the country apply for funding. And so our average award is about $1,000. But when you have a DIY space or, or DIT project, you have together project, $1,000 can go a long way. So I'm just really happy that, about the fact that, you know, we provide an opportunity for other do-it-together collectives to sort of uh, bolster their efforts and, and the art and creativity into the world. That's great. And if someone wanted to learn more about those opportunities, how do they connect with you? Yep, it's meowwolf.com slash DIY, but also meowwolf.com has a lot of information about all of our projects and what we do. So Wonderful. And I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, Chris. Yeah, especially when it comes to storytellers like you. We are on the verge of a creative revolution and a creative economy, you know, and I think that for us, we want to be able to connect with creators worldwide. So it's our pleasure to be able to speak to you today. Wow. That is amazing. He did a much better job than I have even dreamed of trying to communicate this to you. So (laughs) I'm so happy to be able to get this story out there and to hopefully inspire people to take a trip to Santa Fe and put this on your bucket list. Meow Wolf's House of Eternal Return is the bomb. Even more than that, it kind of inspiring to get out there with some people and make something very much so and i think that's what they want you to feel yeah incredibly cool i like the dit me too i've never heard that phrase before but i'm definitely going to champion that moving forward right and we on our website have a ton of pictures for you from this one because of course they encourage photography while you're there and when Diane and I were there, we took pictures of everything. So <laughs> Yeah, that is so cool. Yep. I was just looking at the site while uh, we were going through this, and there are some bands playing out there. I might, I might go out to... Oh, my gosh. To see a show there. Yeah. yeah. We didn't realize the band part when we were organizing our trip, so we just happened to show up on a day that a band was playing that night, but we didn't have tickets for the show. But just by grace and opportunity, when we were walking through the house and made it to the part that's the venue, which is open for you to still explore while, you know, if bands aren't playing there, the band that was playing that night was actually sound checking. Ah. So we kind of did get to watch a show. We stole the show. You stole the show. (laughs) Is the venue 
inside of it. Like you have to go through your certain ways to get there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you can lose track of like how to get there pretty easily. Yeah. It's amazing. That's cool. Do the participants dress up or was there any fancy dress on the people no no fancy dress no costuming in this one people are just wearing the regular street clothes the only people that are in costumes is if so you walk into the house right and through the house through the refrigerator for me or washing machine or however you get right. to that second level which is where all the art exhibits are but when you're in the actual house there's a couple people that work for meow wolf that are in there and they're all dressed in like lab coats wow. and they're like to kind of encourage you if you're not that much of an explorer to be like why don't you open that drawer over there uh, okay. you know kind of guides in a yeah, way. yeah yeah just a couple people to make sure people get to the actual right holy moly of it all right yeah. i was thinking it'd be fun for our crew to go in costume oh gosh <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> you know there is so much going on there that um having a seizure would not surprise me right. they do not need our optical illusion <laughs> crew to add to the seizure building factor right now we could have a little parade outside we could, we could do yeah. our own you know add our own little bit to it that's amazing let's go i'm ready to go right on so that friends is meow wolf's house of eternal return and also a little bit of focus on the meow wolf collective thank you for sharing that with me kimberly love it ted can we talk about what's going on this weekend can we ever there are things happening, people. There are one event that I've had on my mind for quite a while since I heard of it is actually happening this weekend. So bummer for me. I'm not going to make it this year, but uh. maybe you guys can. It's the Harrow Wine Festival. It is also the Harrow Wine Battle. Oh, yes. so like a picture a wine festival you sit around and you drink really good wine and you talk about it this oh this tastes like yeah no river stones and no um, no pool cues no this is more an area that's known for really wonderful wines okay. like that and people taking buckets of it and dumping it on each other's heads oh it is literally a battle so the battle takes place in a town called haro it's deep in spain's famed Rioja? Rioja, yeah. Yep. Rioja wine region. And so it draws a lot of tourists to the town, but the locals absolutely love it too. And the festival starts the night before the battle where everyone gathers in the square and there's bands that are playing and there's lots of wine flowing and people just have a ball. Uh -huh. Everything I've read about it suggests that you prepare with your sleep prior to the night before. Because the night before, ideally, really should just turn into the next morning. Uh -huh. And you should go straight to the battle. Trying to go to bed after the festivities uh -huh. the night before is just not going to happen. Right. Because they don't end till like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh -huh. And then the wine battle preparations start at 7 a.m. the oh, next wow. day. So a lot of people are just rolling into it. <laughs> So it's kind of mandated that they got to pull an all-nighter. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And then once you get going, everybody starts throwing wine at each other. And it is children and adults and grandparents and people of all ages wow. sitting around throwing wine at each other and being really... My favorite story that I read was about... This is awful, but... 
it was about uh, someone watching this go down and, and saying, and then I saw a little child who was crying because he got wine in his eyes. Aww. And so his grandfather took him over and I was like, oh, good. Grandfather's going to clean him up. But no, he dumped a glass of wine on the kid's head. <laughs> <laughs> you, because, know, you know, tough love, man. Yeah. yeah. That's what's going to happen at the Harrow Wine Festival. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. So what else is going on? this weekend well this isn't nearly as cool as that but it is also international i like international yes this is la internationale de few loto quebec oh canada uh, yeah it's in canada i probably <laughs> said that totally wrong but we talked about going to cover this uh, i think in vancouver but this is an international fireworks competition there's a lot of major companies i guess major fireworks companies representing sure. their respective country provides the opportunity to see the latest techniques and innovations in the field of pyrotechnics. Man, you know I would love that. Yep. I adore the boom boom in the sky. <laughs> Huge fan. Huge fan. You're like a boom boom. Yes, I do. Yeah. You know, there was this one time um, we went to the beach for the 4th of July to a small beach town near us um, on the Gulf Coast. And we had spent the day out on the beach and we knew that night very close to where we had hung out during the day, the fireworks were going to take place. So we're like, let's just leave our chairs out. We went inside, we took a nap, we came back out for the fireworks. And in front of the place we were staying, there was police tape that was roping off an area and our chairs were nowhere to be found. So we looked to the edges of the police tape and our chairs were like, right up against it and so we talked to a police officer and we said hey our chairs are right on the other side of this police tape what's going on and they were like well we had to tape off this area because this is where the fireworks are coming from but you can keep your chairs right there Uh long story short that is the closest to a front row seat we have ever had for fireworks (laughs) in our entire life and we were so freaking jazz like so excited and so the fireworks started and we're looking up and it was like oh my gosh it was almost like being in space it was just beautiful and magical and then the ash started coming down Uh and we were so close that we were covered Uh in it and everyone around us just started fleeing (laughs) (laughs) and i liked watching it that close so much that sean and i just we put on hats Uh and we put on our sunglasses (laughs) and we just stayed right there and we watched all the boom boom right in front of us and it was magical but i never want to be that close again wow that's amazing yeah it was a one-time thing right this is pretty cool it goes on um for like almost a month starts on the 29th and goes on to the july 27th yeah oh wow so gosh where can people learn more if they want to figure out when they can go they can go to montreal and just hang out for a month oh perfect or it's a small place right (laughs) (laughs) or they can go on the internet to park jean We'll put it on our site, on yeah. our events page. ParkJeanDrapeau.com. Yeah. And yeah. Ted will put a link to it on our calendar page. Yeah, we haven't mentioned this before, but we have a calendar page. It's quite lovely. Yeah. It's actually under the header events on our website, and you will be able to find a link to this firework festival. Right. RochambeauPodcast.com slash events, and you can find that link and go look, watch some boom booms. <laughs> watch some boom booms. Watch some boom booms. <laughs> I love it. Very, very cool. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Cadillac Jones. You guys are the best. You are. We adore you and your music. 
everyone out there, if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. If you feel like giving us a five-star review, we would definitely appreciate that as well. And if you have any events we need to know about, let us know. You can email us at podcast at gmail.com or on the social media, the Instagram, the Facebook, blah, blah, blah. All that good stuff. Yeah. All right. Till next time, people. Goodbye. Hello, hello. Hi, Kim. How are you? Good to see you today. You look great. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Ted. You're welcome. Your sincerity is overwhelming. I mean everything I say sometimes.